Welcome to Front Office Pros. The NFL Draft is officially over, and now it is time to reevaluate dynasty values for NFL players. For this video, we will be discussing the NFL Draft winners following the results from the NFL Draft. Before we get started, we are a new channel, so if you enjoyed this video, we ask you to smash that like button to show your support. Hut, hut, hike! All right, Joe, so start us off. Who is your first NFL Draft winner? First NFL Draft winner that I have is running back Bijan Robinson. Now, Bijan Robinson got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons at the eighth spot, and it just couldn't have been a better spot for him, being that uh, Arthur Smith just is a run-first scheme that fits Bijan perfectly, but then also just loves to run the ball. I mean, the, the Falcons had over 500 attempts rushing last year, so Arthur Smith's not afraid to let him be the three-down back that he is, like what he did with Derrick Henry in Tennessee, um, you know, Algier had 210 carries for over a thousand yards, you know, so I think we can definitely um, put down Bijan for over the 200 yard carry mark. And, you know, if I, Algier was able to rush for almost five yards a carry, I don't see why Bijan can't, we can't expect something similar to that aspect uh, this year as well with Bijan with the Falcons. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know if there could have been a better landing spot for him. Getting top 10 draft capital for a running back in the NFL draft in the first round is huge for, for him. That's number one. But number two, his head coach, like you said, Arthur Smith, loves to run the football. You saw the success that he had in Tennessee when the offense just ran through Derrick Henry. So I would expect much of the same with Bijan Robinson and the Atlanta Falcons. So. I think it's not, it's def, he'll definitely get over 1,000 yards. And like you said, I would think more than 250 carries. So to me, his volume is going to be immense in that offense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I fully expect it to be that. And, uh, you know, really expect him to be that Derrick Henry for Arthur Smith. And I think that's why he was comfortable taking him at, you know, number eight in the draft, which we hadn't seen a top 10 running back since Saquon Barkley. So. So my first NFL draft winner is running back Ramondre Stevenson. The New England Patriots had 12, count them, 12 draft picks. And for the first time that I can remember in a long time, they did not draft a running back in the NFL draft. Usually they always draft one late, and then they get involved somehow. You don't know when, but all of a sudden, you know, the, the cable will get pulled, and you thought that this was the Patriots running back, and then it switches over hands to somebody else. Additionally, they let Damian Harris walk in free agency. They did bring in James Robinson, but I had heard some reports, I think, from someone in the athletic thinking that he may not even make the roster. So to me, Ramondre Stevenson has a clear path to have a huge amount of volume. Last year, he was ninth in total snaps in the NFL with 667 was 16th amongst running backs with 210 rushing attempts. And the thing that was crazy to me when I look back, and I didn't realize this, but he was third in the NFL for targets. He had 90 targets and 69 receptions. Ramondre Stevenson was an elite when it comes to the receiving game for running back. And we know when you can be a dual-purpose running back, when you're involved in the running game and the passing game, it's huge you know, for, for his value. So a question could be they did bring in guys like Kaseki and Juju, you know, do they possibly throw the ball down the field a little bit more? But either way, I think Stevenson retained his value, and I think he's going to be pretty good this season. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that they, you know, only brought in 
James Robinson in the back and didn't draft one, like you mentioned, with all the picks that they did have, um, you know, and then with uh, Damian Harris, you know, out of the picture as well. I mean, there's no reason that um, Ramondre Stevenson can't be a productive running back in an R- in RB1 uh, for you in fantasy this year. It, with, with expecting, you know, similar volume, and sure, maybe they do pass it down the field, but, you know, Belichick and the Patriots, they've always liked to check down to the running backs. You know, we've seen guys like James White in the past just have a really high receiving role. So the fact that he's that dual threat running back, uh, it's, it's really valuable and expect big things for him and, you know, with the Patriots this year. I'll tell you this. I am really kicking myself <laughs> for trading him last year because I thought <laughs> that we were going to be with the uh, musical chairs uh, that is the New England Patriots running back room. But what do you know? I guess uh, an old dog can learn new tricks. Uh, Bill you Belichick know, can. We will see, though. Belichick always loves bringing in the older backs. Do they bring in a Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott type of back here? You know, those guys are still out there. Um, could bring him in just to, you know, training camp and just, you know, add depth to that running back room. But he's always liked adding those veteran running backs. We'll see if they do it again this year. All right, Steve, my second NFL draft winner is quarterback Lamar Jackson. Now, this is the best supporting cast that Lamar Jackson has had um, in his career. Now he's got you know, Zay Flowers, who they drafted in the first round. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who they signed. They got Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews at tight end. And it really seems that with the shift with the new offensive coordinator, that the Baltimore Ravens are going to move away from that run-heavy offense that, that we're generally accustomed to with the Ravens. And almost unlocking uh, Jackson's uh, passing ability here and allowing him to be more of a pass-first offense and increase those passing attempts um, and utilize all these weapons that they that they now have on the field here. Yeah, it will be really interesting because when they had Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator, they almost kind of hid behind Lamar and his passing ability. Now with Todd Monken coming in and the way they're structuring the offense, they're really making it a highlight of the offense. So can Lamar Jackson live up to the billing? Uh, Because that is still to be determined. Obviously he had his MVP season, but a lot of his MVP season with what he did on the ground with, with what he did on the air. So I am not a little surprised. I mean, he is a winner, but I know you you don't really view Lamar Jackson that highly. So that is pretty big of you to say that he's a winner in your mind. Yeah, you know, I, I thought you might be surprised about this one. I, you know, I haven't been the biggest Lamar supporter, uh, you know, for sure. But I almost wonder if they go to more of a passing first offense that it actually helps his rushing ability because right now they're just stacking the box. Um, you know, teams are really just keeping – all the stack in the box, they got maybe one deep safety. But if they start passing more, do teams start pushing those safeties back and maybe they go more to that cover two defense, which would allow possibly him some more space if he did want to go out and run um, compared to just what the run first and heavy play action style that Greg Roman had. It's the it's almost the new philosophy on the offense that's got me excited for him. And like you said, it, it you know, I believe he, he is a capable passer. Um, and as long as he shows that, that could really even increase his rushing ability as well. Yeah, I think his potential is off the charts this year. I'm really excited to see what he does, you know, 
in the NFL, but for fantasy purposes, the big question will be how fast can he learn this new offense? Yeah, that will be a question. Um, but, you know, he's got some veteran guys, especially with Oda Beckham, to, you know, help him out there. And, you know, he's been in the league. I, I think he has a general idea for concepts. You know, they should they should still cater to things that he knows as well and incorporate some new stuff. So I, I think he can handle it. So my second NFL draft winner is wide receiver Jordan Addison. He got first-round draft capital being drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. And, and to my, in my opinion, he went to the best landing spot uh, in regards to the top rookie wide receivers. You had Jackson Smith and Jigba go to the Seattle Seahawks, which I think is okay. Then you got Quinton Johnson going to the Chargers, which long-term could be really interesting, but for the short-term, I'm not so sure. And then you had Zay Flowers go to Baltimore, and Baltimore has not been the most wide receiver-friendly offense. Uh, you know, it could become it, kind of what we were talking about before, but more of a question mark. So to me, Addison coming in and replacing Adam Thielen, you know, is a great opportunity for him. He instantly becomes the wide receiver two across from Justin Jefferson. 70 targets were vacated with Adam Thielen's departure. And, you know, you're hearing rumblings about Dalvin Cook's role being possibly diminished or even him possibly being traded. So if they're not going to rely as much on the run game, does that mean that Addison could get even more target opportunities than the 70 that were vacated? So to me, I think Addison was probably regarded as maybe, I don't know, I think it was kind of a mixed reaction in regards to the dynasty community about how good he was going to be. But because he went to the best landing spot, I definitely think his value increased. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. I definitely think this was the best landing spot for him. You know, we'll have Kirk Cousins for his first year in the league, which definitely should help. But, you know, there he just fit in perfectly with the departure of Adam Thielen now gone. He fills that hole for them. And he's he's one of the, you know, rook, few rookies in the first round, like you mentioned, that has like a clear path to instant targets and like instant usage in the offense. Um, and he should be involved pretty heavily, especially, like you said, um, you know, 70 targets is pretty significant that Adam Thielen is leaving behind. And who better also to have, you know, as a running mate, but uh, Justin Jefferson as well. So my third NFL draft winner is running back Rashad White. Now, similar to your thoughts um, with Ramondre Stevenson, Steve, this is a guy who... Leonard Fournette, you know, was released, and that frees up 55% of the running back opportunities um, for Rashad White, who should be able to command most of the leftover opportunities, you know, over the guys they have currently on the roster. You know, they got Chase Edmonds, Kishan Vaughn, and they did, didn't draft anyone, but they did use uh, sign undrafted free agent Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. So I do know that, you know, the – Quarterback situation is definitely a downgrade from Brady retiring, but Rashad White is a three-down back. Still think he'll be utilized heavily. Um, Mayfielder Kyle Trask definitely needs a run-first offense, and I still think that they'll utilize him in the short passing game, which is really where Rashad White excels as well. Yeah, I think Rashad White's definitely a winner. I think you know at the time that Leonard Fournette you know, was released, people thought that this was a great opportunity to trade him away because like, oh, maximize his value. <laughs> Similar to kind of what I did in our league with Joe Mixon, you know, because you thought the writing was on the wall and they were going to bring in another running back. But now you've got Rashad White, who 
to me, like you said, has a clear path to a huge amount of the opportunities. I'm not concerned about Kashawn Vaughn. Sean Tucker, I thought he was going to get drafted, but because of some, I believe, heart issues, uh, you know, that came up on the medical check, he ended up going undrafted. Talented guy, but, you know, hard to really say what his role will be. And then you've got Chase Edmonds, an older veteran uh, for for the, the passing game, but that's what Rashad White excels in. So to me, unless they bring in another running back that could really take away the carries from him, I think at least for this season, now I wouldn't, this could be, in my opinion, a great opportunity to sell because I think next year you could possibly see the Buccaneers bringing in another running back to kind of compliment him because I don't know if he has the frame to be a all-purpose running back for the remainder of his career, but no doubt for this season, he basically has the green light. So definitely exciting, uh, at least for the short term, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, if you do have Rashad White, just keep your fingers crossed that the Buccaneers don't bring back Fournette after releasing him because, uh, you know, we've seen him take, you know, have the bulk of the workload and then uh, 55% that he left behind. I mean, I don't think he'd come in and get all of it, but it definitely would eat into uh, the opportunities that we're saying Rashad White currently has without him on the roster. And the coaching staff, I think, has spoken pretty highly of Rashad White, which is always positive when you you know hear you know the coaching staff make those remarks uh, for the player. The only other concern I have with him is the style of play. You know, Brady, you know, loves to check down to the running backs. I I'm not so sure. We don't know what Kyle Trask would do, but Baker never really did that. So that's the only concern is even with that clear path, what's the real ceiling at the end of the day? Yeah. I would just hope that I know, you know, Baker necessarily hasn't done it um, in the past. I just hope this offense just in the, you know, offensive coordinator just realizes the weapon that he has in Rashad White in that short passing game and that they'd almost draw plays for him to get those opportunities, you know, instead of it just being, you know, Baker, a matter of Baker hitting the checkdowns. So my third NFL draft winner is running back DeAndre Swift. Now, in my opinion, DeAndre Swift was in the proverbial doghouse in Detroit. It, you know, there was mixed messages being sent. You and I have been suspecting for quite some time that the Detroit Lions were out <laughs> on DeAndre Swift, and we got that confirmation when they went ahead and selected Jameer Gibbs number 12 overall in the NFL draft. To me, that was the nail in the coffin to DeAndre Swift's role in the Lions, and then we then saw him getting traded to the Eagles for a fourth-round pick. But to me, even though you could say he's going to a crowded Eagles backfield because you have guys like Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, they signed Rashad Penny, but to me, Swift is the most talented of the bunch, and it's not even close. So to me, I think this might be the best location for DeAndre Swift with the vacated opportunities for, for Miles Sanders, you're talking about 259 attempts and 26 targets up for grabs. And when it comes to DeAndre Swift, he's never had over 200 attempts in his entire career, mostly because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. The most he's ever had is 151 attempts. So based on that running back room and based on what's up for grabs, I think it's not out of the question that we could see DeAndre Swift getting over 200 attempts for the first time in his career and if he maintains those target numbers of possibly, you know, 40, 50 targets that he's normally accustomed to, watch out for Jandrew Swift next season. Yeah, I mean, this is a, definitely a big change for him. You know, you and I, like you said, were just out on him with Detroit just because they had already shown that they didn't really, they didn't give him the workload that 
you know, the top back in a normal running back offense commands. And it just seemed like they just were hesitant to utilize him a lot, you know, and we saw Jamal Williams get all those opportunities in the, you know, along the goal line and the short yardage and stuff. So the writing was definitely on the wall that, you know, it was time to move on, especially with them bringing in David Montgomery. Um, I don't think there, there was a better landing spot out there for DeAndre Swift, you know, but the Philadelphia Eagles being able to run behind, you know, that offensive line they have. Eagles, you know, run the ball a ton and just have a really good running scheme. And like you said, I mean, Swift is de definitely instantly the most talented back they have. And they didn't really necessarily have a guy that um, can handle a decent amount of workload. Now, I know Swift has his injury issues, but, you know, this could easily be the time for him to get over 200 carries, you know, in this offense. And Gainwell, he definitely does. He's definitely a smaller guy that can't handle a huge workload. So it makes a lot of sense why they bring Swift in. For once, I think a team finally has a role for him and a plan for DeAndre Swift. So I do expect big things out of him this year. And he's a, he's a more explosive player than Miles Sanders, you know? So for me, maybe Miles Sanders has a more sturdier frame to be able to kind of deal with the punishment uh, of all those hits. I mean, he get, he did get 259 attempts. So time will tell if Swift does in fact get those 200 attempts like we're talking about, but the path is there. And the question will be how much will he be involved in the receiving game? because you had guys like Gainwell uh, being utilized in that capacity. Does he just take over that he, that whole target share? I'm not so sure, but I could definitely see it happening. Yeah, I definitely don't think he'll overtake the, you know, target share because Miles Sanders is also a, you know, capable receiver, um, and he didn't. And that's really where Gainwell makes the most sense is to utilize him as that receiver um, type. So, Definitely, you know, don't expect him to get the full volume of receptions, but, you know, increase in carries for sure and just over overall utilization increase with the Eagles versus what he was currently getting with the Lions. So that concludes our NFL Draft winners following the results of the NFL Draft. If you enjoyed this content, we ask you to please like this video to show your support for our channel. Comment below on who you think was the biggest NFL Draft winner and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also recently have joined Apple and Spotify Podcasts so you can follow us there as well. Thank you so much for watching and until next time.